Welcome back to the Two Nations Experience. I'm your host, Big Man Tuna. With me, as always, is Van Nicious. How you doing out there, people in Radio Land? Well, that's all the time we got for you this week. Maybe next time we'll get something good to talk about. Bye. I like that song. Yeah, that was pretty nice. That is... The Tornadoes with Telestar. Mm. It's pretty cool. It's, it's got a funky groove to it. I yeah. like it. Yeah, it's good. So we're back here at the Tunisia's Experience. We're not going to go off the cuff this time because we got tons and tons and tons of negative comments in the dislike, dislike section for that. Um, so we'll be back with that next week. But this week, we're talking more about our three favorite things. Mm. Uh, this week, we're going to do three favorite guilty pleasures. Uh, we stuck to movies, but I, is it just all entertainment or just movies? Just correct? movies. Just movies. Um, you know, the, those films that aren't quite good by most standards, but you enjoy them very much, and they're in constant rotation usually. Um, uh, uh, they don't have to be obscure. They could be big yeah. budget, big, big summer blockbuster features. Uh, like if you like Pluto Nash, that's a guilty pleasure because that movie, by all oof, accounts, is terrible. That movie is pretty bad. If that was your guilty pleasure movie, you must have the patience of an elf. <laughs> I mean, think about it. They're working all year for one one day off, so that's that's patience. That is. That's a lot. That's what I figured. So my first uh, guilty pleasure is a lovely movie called Pitch Perfect uh, about some sorority. College girls. Is it, is it a baseball singing? movie? Yeah. No, it's uh, a movie about um, singing. Singing. Oh, pitch. Yeah. Yeah, pitch. Perfect. I just thought it was. Uh, I never watched those movies, so I just figured it was a yeah. baseball movie. No, it's quite good. I thought. Oh, that's Fever Pitch. I kept thinking of Jimmy Fallon and and Drew Barrymore. No, I try not to watch anything with Jimmy Fallon. Um, yeah. But uh, although I did see Taxi, and that was a pretty good movie. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I, I wouldn't would, say pretty good, but that, it was enjoyable. Second on the guilty pleasure movie, right there? No, because I only saw it once, and I might hate it again. But I'd see it again. I'll give it that. Um, no, but Pitch Perfect is a really great movie. Uh, Anna Kendrick is is fantastic in it. Like the singing is great. Like uh, I was talking to another gentleman who was talking about liking that movie as well. And he said, "Him and his another roommate, gentleman." Yeah, were you in a carriage? Another when dude. This happened? Yeah. <laughs> no, so it was him and his roommate liked that movie so much that uh, the guy would like end phone conversations at certain points in the movie. He's like, "Sorry, this point of the movie's coming on. I'll talk to you later." Um, and it's like when there's like a battle between all these different groups singing, and it's really well done and like choreographed. It's like musical theater. Interesting. Um, but it's incredibly well done, and like people love that movie. And it's not bad; it's just cheesy, you wow. know. Like, kind of everything works out at the end. It's, you know, nothing really bad at all. Is they might not win a championship of singing. That's about it. You know, I, I, I got. I didn't figure there was like some alien overlord yeah. coming down. <laughs> if the pitch is not perfect, I'll be subjugated. <laughs> 
that character right there had more uh, like backstory than <laughs> Intercell put in the uh, Star Trek wow. movie. Uh, back on Beyond Repair. No, that was that was good. That was good. Uh, I have not seen Pitch Perfect. Uh, one of these decades, maybe I'll I'll find. It, that I should it's watch highly it. enjoyable. Like every time I watch it, I end up smiling. Like the jokes are really good too. Um, so it's just a really well-rounded movie, and it's short too. It doesn't take that long. Like everything's it. three hours nowadays. One of these days on Netflix, I'll throw it on. The second one is okay. Uh, it's very cheesy as well, but it just uh, I don't know. wasn't quite as good. Watched Small Soldiers today this morning. Oh, the toy yeah movie yeah. Um, huh. It was like. 10, 10, 15 in the morning mm-hmm. and I was a little tired because I didn't get enough sleep last night yeah. so I put it on I was like as soon as this is over I'll wake back up and that's exactly what happened it was like a perfect timer for my nap <laughs> so uh, I saw enough to know that David Cross was in it can't tell you anything else I think Tommy Lee Jones is the voice of the, the toy soldier which is crazy yeah I think that yeah that sounds right that's that's interesting. When did that come out? In the 90s? I guess 97 or something. Is I that a guilty pleasure of yours? Or that was just I've, a nice I've little never segue? Even, yeah, no, it was, oh, okay. it was just a nice little segue. I've never seen the movie, and I didn't see it today either, but I needed something that would be like just enough time that I could sleep through it, but like still like be cognizant of like being awake. Mm-hmm. So it worked out perfectly. Nice. It was useful like in your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's your favorite guilty pleasure? My favorite guilty pleasure? Mm-hmm. Bacon-wrapped raisinets. <laughs> Try it. Try it. Oh my god, that does sound delicious. Uh, maybe. Catch some rays, catch some raisinets. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love raisinets, and I love bacon. And usually the sweet and salty savory, you know, oh, yeah. mix Ooh, works mammy. out well. Umami. Well, I would say first film, film. I mean, Criterion Collection is on Blu-ray, right? It's coming out on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Dolph Lundgren's Punisher? Hmm. From 1989. A bloody affair, if I recall. It is. I have ooh, 92 murders on screen or something like that. It's great. It's great. <laughs> I My mom was very kind enough to tape this movie off the TV for me when it had first come out, even though she had watched like the first 10 minutes and was like, this movie's too bloody. It came on real late at night and I was asleep. So she taped it, so I never saw the first, like, four minutes because she had edited it out, but then felt guilty, so she recorded the entire movie, and I just watched it over and over again. I was bothered by the fact that he didn't have the Punisher skull, because that's Mm kind of what the Punisher's about, otherwise he's just solo or another vigilante-style character. You know, I actually kind of like that. Not that it... Uh, you know, he could have had the skull, and that would have been awesome. Yeah, it, it um, is that character. I mean. But yeah, it just kind of added that like grittiness to it, where it was like, yeah, he was the Punisher from the comic books, but it almost added just like a real element of like this psychopath is just running around. It's killing true. People. He had, they gave the Punisher skull in this. He had, had like these knives in his in his boot, mm-hmm. throwing knives, and he killed a bunch of people with them. And they had like the skull. I mean, Louis Gossett Jr. is his former partner who had like his like looking for him for the past five years. The movie is just an awesome action movie. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's Punisher, who you can take do a lot of leeway with the Punisher. He doesn't have a. Um, like a very, he has a very simple backstory, so it's not rigid. It's like, well, this happened and this happened. It's you know, his family was killed, kill his family, and that's that's basically what you have to do. Um, it's just an awesome action movie, though. There's awesome fight scenes and the kung fu battle at the end with the yakuza. It's just good. And Dolph, you don't need to be the best actor in the world to pull it off. And and Dolph pulled it off. He had the physicality, he had the brooding presence. I mean, he lived in the sewer for Christ's sake. So, 
I love that movie. I usually dust it off once a year. I had the DVD. I wish there was like a cool Criterion collection or something. I was only kidding before about that. But uh, Louis Gossett Jr. performs my favorite line in the movie. Uh, he gets called out early in the morning, you know, because Frank Castle, the Punisher, blow up, blows up the mobster's house. He's like, it's 2 a.m. in the goddamn morning. <laughs> I love that line because obviously 2 a.m. would be in the goddamn morning. <laughs> but I just, it's just funny. I say that shit all the time. Or I'll be like, Lily Martin, it's 11 a.m. in the goddamn morning. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it sticks with me. So that's my first one. Um, I love that movie. The movie's awesome. You know what I just thought of? Um... You mentioned Louis Gossett Jr., who's not in this movie, but reminds me of a gentleman who is, and whose name I can't think of. Oh, boy. Did you ever see Men at Work? <laughs> Keith David. You're referring to Keith it's David. Keith David, yeah. My good that, that should be on this That's like a runner-up on this list is Men at Work. I love that movie. And that so might good. actually be in my top three of Guilty Pleasures because I've seen it a lot. That's and good. Keith David especially. I, uh, my apologies, Mr. Funny. David, for not remembering Yeah, how could you not remember our good friend, my good friend Keith David? I'm they so sorry. live uh, yeah, the of thing. Course. Yeah, like he's been in a ton yeah. of great movies. He was the voice of one of those alien guys in Halo. Uh, the yes. Harbinger, the Harbinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Men at Work is so damn funny. Uh, that is a good movie, and it has a lot of turns of phrase that are just funny because it's yeah. the way Charlie Sheen said it. Yeah, I um, like I like that movie a lot. We should dust that one off too. I haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah, um, you know what I'm gonna have to go with though, um, and it's in the similar vein of Men at Work, sort of. Here's a guilty pleasure for you, and. I necessarily don't think this movie's bad. Tremors. Tremors? Not a lot of people love Tremors. I don't think it has a cult following. I think it does have like a, a mild cult following. Has, no, like, I think it's not as popular as The Thing, but I think that The Thing, if it wasn't John Carpenter, might not be as popular as it is, but that movie's awesome too. But, but Tremors is... I'll, I'll watch that movie right now if you put it on. That movie is very fun to watch. This is another movie I actually haven't seen, but I want to see it based on everyone's recommendation, including yours. If it was on Netflix, I would have watched it already, but I have not. But I, I'm totally down. You find a copy, we're watching it. Yeah, know. it's like Captain Ron. I haven't seen Captain Ron, oh, even Captain though I'm like the biggest Kurt Russell fan in the whole world. Hey, boss, you don't want to go in there. There's gorillas in them woods. <laughs> There are no gorillas in this. We are in Cuba. No, I'm telling you, gorillas in there. <laughs> oh, good. and another little uh, Kurt Russell aside. Did you watch um, that is, documentary? Is there, no, I didn't watch it yet. I, I uh, have to look for it on Netflix. But is there never any aside that's not Kurt Russell for you? We went and yeah. saw the Big Trouble in Little China at midnight last weekend here in La La Land at the Vista Theater, and it was awesome. They had a couple guys from the movie mm-hmm. were out there. Peter Kwong. And Al Leong. Mm. was also in Die Hard and tons of other stuff, too. I looked him up on IMDb to get the entire picture, but he was funny. He said his, his most stupid thing was when he was on Night Rider and he had to kick the cars. So. <laughs> like, That's pretty funny. Yeah, and they were great. Um, very entertaining. Peter did some uh, sword work. It was cool. It was very cool. It was very reminiscent of his uh, turn in Big Trouble in Little China, which was great. The print they had, I wasn't a print, actually. It was digital, but Mm. the copy was nice. Yeah, it was great. Uh, It was a packed house. Packed. Um, I think they see, like, I think 300 or something. I I don't know the capacity over there. It's a nice theater. It's a beautiful theater. I had a great hot dog. Did you? I put relish on it. (laughs) It was mustard, ketchup, and relish. Uh, But that kind of segues 
if Big Trouble in Little China for me is that like perfect mix of like comedy and action and like just ridiculousness, yeah. Tremors is like the the B version of that. It's so silly and it's so funny at times, um, and that's just like that weirdness about it that I love so much. The uniqueness. Yeah. So it's not technically a good movie by any means, but like it does the trick for me. It makes me laugh, and it has good enough action scenes that I'm like, holy crap! Like every time, I'm like, they're not gonna make it. <laughs> I'll watch it. I'm really excited about watching it. We should watch it. Soon. And I don't want to build it up too much. No, I mean, I mean you can't. I hate though. When that you, you can't build it up. You know. Uh, yeah. And Fred Ward is is glorious in that movie. I mean, that man is a comic genius. Remo Williams, big business. Uh, Mr. Ward, if you're out there and you are listening, get in touch with us. We'd love to have you on. Yes. Can you imagine a Fred Ward, Joe Don Baker team up guest star? Oh, why? 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 That's Just like live that dream, that's man. like being like let's let's go down to the park and like play basketball with Michael Jordan and Kareem. It's like. That would be awesome. It's possible. AI, my man. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Tremors as my my number two. Number two. With, with like, a 2A being Minute Work, if I can add that. Well, that's why I have to put it in the, uh, you know, the... The The very uh, close, but not quite that. Yeah, the uh, the honorable mentions. That's why I put it in the honorable mentions, because I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. So, uh, your second one, sir. My second one, big budget movie, uh, starring a big budget A-list man, known as... Thomas Cruise. I'm going to go with 1990s Days of Thunder. Get into it. Get into that feeling. Imagine you're setting up at your favorite NASCAR track. Perhaps Richmond. Perhaps Dover. Perhaps someplace in Tennessee. I'm just trying to remember all the places they went in the movie because I don't actually follow NASCAR. But if NASCAR was encapsulated in one movie it would be this one uh, I love Tom Cruise yeah I'll give it that it I, love, I, love, I love Tom Cruise in this movie yeah NASCAR although it doesn't really because they're not really like good old boys are they no Tom Cruise isn't he's like the Jeff Gordon of the bunch he's like uh, they call him a Yankees like, oh, yeah, everyone else is a good old boy but he's not you know and he's the ultimate badass NASCAR driver he's driving Sprint somewhere and they go get him and they're like you know they get they go and rescue rescue uh, <clears throat> Robert Duvall from his work at on the farm and rescue like rescue he's, he's an indentured <laughs> servant or something Randy Quaid's like I'm putting a team together I need you to build my car and train my driver I'll worry about the driver oh yeah I forgot Randy Quaid yeah, he's, he's the guy who sponsors them originally and, in his own serious Duvall, like, role I can build you a car you got bring me NASCAR driver. So then there's a bunch of NASCAR talk and they do all kinds of NASCAR stuff and he's got like a Dale Earnhardt style competition going on with his Dale Earnhardt guy uh, uh, Rowdy Rowdy Burns. Yeah and uh, who's the English actor that's in that movie? Carrie Elwes. So yeah he takes over for him after he gets injured in the crash with with Rusty. It's it's got a lot of uh, bravado that movie. It's just so much fun to watch. There's so much ridiculousness, and it was a time when the ridiculousness was taking was was taken more seriously and less ridiculous. 
So I think at this point, if this movie was made, people like, oh man, this is a whoa, what a laugh. But at the time, I think it was like, you know, this is have a little gravitas. Like, let's put it, let's put this car together and win some races. You know, oh, that's, yeah, that's how that's how those movies were back then. Anyway, in the '90s, especially. Yeah, everything was taken very seriously, and it was all in earnest. In- incidentally, John C. Riley is also in Days of Thunder, as well as Ricky Bobby, which I never saw. Oh uh, yeah, that's a Talladega Nights. Decently funny movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Although you're not the biggest Will Ferrell fan, right? I'm not the biggest Will Ferrell fan. I feel that, you know, he has a one trick pony and that trick is pay, played out. Played out. Plus, mm. I hear he's extremely mean to people in real life, which I can't, I can't I've abide. I've also that. heard that. I can't abide surprised. that, yeah. Yeah, that does suck. I hope that's not true. <laughs> I, I can see it. I just think he thinks he's so wonderful. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Days of Thunder actually segues again into what I was going to say. Another Tom Cruise film. Is this your number? This is your number. This three, is my baby. number three, baby. Number Trace. Legend. Legends of the Fall. No, that's a Brad Pitt movie. Uh, Legend is a Tom Cruise movie from the early '80s. Uh, it's a fantasy movie. Ridley Scott directed it, and this is basically just a movie he shot because he wanted to make beautiful scenes. That's it. He didn't care about the story. I mean, there's clearly there's a huge difference between the cut that was released in Europe and the one that was released in America. Tangerine Dream and all that stuff, right? Yeah, um, it, it's a very different movie, but I, I like it because it's just so pretty to look at. I like elements of that movie. I like, I mean, darkness obviously is awesome. Yeah, that's uh, like one of the greatest images of like the devil I've ever seen. It's true. There's there's a lot of cool things about the movie. I like it enough. I do feel that the entire movie looks like it's shot on a, a set, though. I don't know if he was going for that, mm-hmm. but I just it doesn't look very believable to me. Like all the outdoor scenes and them running through the forest. You just it's in Pinewood, you know, which is a big set, and they, I know they went through like no expense to try to convert it. And I think there was like a fire at one point with half of the the set burned down during the filming of that movie. Um, but it just looks like a bad set to me. I don't know. All right, I mean that's just me. I, I like that. Those sets that reminds me of kind of old Hollywood when everything was a set, you know, like when they made Cleopatra with Elizabeth Taylor. I think at the time that was maybe the highest budget movie and it had like the biggest set ever created. Mm. You know, that to me, I like that that touch of realness. That once again, touching on the subject of CGI, we both think that that's overused, Um, and like it just doesn't feel real. You know, because it's not there. Uh, I get you. I get you. Oh, it feels more like ethereal because it's it's like a shiny, glimmery forest. And yeah, it feels like you're in a snow globe. That whole okay. Movie. No, I can and dig I, that, and I dig that feeling. Like there's a scene where the 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 little people are protecting the the last unicorn, yeah. and I think Blix is like like in the snow. There's like light coming from like some weird source that doesn't even make sense like yeah. behind the hill and it was just beautifully shot and I was like this is like a painting it, for me that was like a Frazetta painting in a movie that's interesting that's cool I never actually thought about it like that um, I, I will have to watch that movie again I know he's very meticulous about things like that which is why I don't think I liked it as much because I was like, you know, after Blade Runner and Alien, it's like this, like you're going to do this. Sure, it but, doesn't compare. But if you look at it in the big scope of his career, it's just like one of the other one. He has a lot of misses that people consider misses or others consider misses or were box office misses, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think they were necessarily um, bad movies or they were obviously 
well well thought out well planned that's that's his that's his thing oh another small bonus for legend it has a, a guest appearance by one robert picardo true robert picardo he plays the witch witch woman or uh yeah the, the muck muck madam muck yeah she's like in the she lives in the swamp yeah very cool character yeah it was pretty cool i do, i do like that scene a lot actually I mean, I feel like uh, not uh, Benicio del Toro, the director Guillermo Gil- Guillermo Guillermo del Toro. Um, I feel like his style is like the is, modern is legend. Like a, yeah, it's like a touch of that. Hellboy, I mean, Hellboy, definitely. And Pan, Pan is a wonderful movie. <sighs> I don't know if wonderful. It was. It's. I only. I only watched it once. It was tough to watch for me. That, that ultra violence. Tough. I was like, was a bit too much for me. But it was good. I, I definitely like the craft of the movie itself. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's my three. Uh, what would you say is your third favorite guilty pleasure there, Nicholas? Well, I also am going to have to give a runner-up vote to While You Were Sleeping, the romantic comedy with Sandra Bullock mm. and Bill Pullman. I think I've only seen pieces of that movie. You should just sit down and watch it because it is hilarious. It's so funny. I believe uh, that. There's a sub-character. His name is Joe Jr., and he's like a pretty ridiculous Italian stereotype guy, but he's just, he kind of steals the show. He's got so many funny lines. Bill Pullman and Sandra Bullock both are very funny in that movie. It's, I don't know. It's a, it's a little, it's a hidden gem in there, but they pay, played on TBS like bi weekly. So it's like always like the Sunday morning double feature of romance. <laughs> Never been kissed, followed by While You Were Sleeping. <laughs> Sunday on TBS starting at 1 35. <laughs> 135 <laughs> they just do crazy shit like that uh, I think it was because of the baseball schedules who knows um, that was a runner up for you or was that uh, no that's runner up uh, I like that movie a lot I have another runner up um, Sandra Bullock movie okay. uh, Miss Congeniality Miss Congeniality that is a fantastic movie it's pretty good um, Will William Shatner, Shatner yeah. uh, Bill. Candace Bergen Bill, Bill Shatner that is, it is pretty funny I remember she does the the, the glass yeah, glass singing talent. talent yeah, um, yeah. Actually, I think Sandra Bullock is a really good comedic actress because she brought humor to Speed, which I mean that's kind of a guilty pleasure movie because that movie's pretty bad. What? Um, but anyway, that movie's awesome. It, it's it doesn't no. age all that no. well. It ages way well. As good as Point Break. As good as other movies of that ilk. Those movies are a little. Those movies are a little overboard with their like. Oh, this is so important yeah, kind of stuff. That's super fun. Independence Day. Think about Independence Day. It's just the sci-fi version of that. I know, and I can't really watch Independence Day anymore. What? That movie's so fun. It is fun, but like, I think I just watched it too much. Maybe today <laughs> we celebrate our Independence Day. I really have to be in the mood for that kind of like cheesy level. Time's up. <laughs> another Randy Quaid appearance. Oh, yeah, another another Bill Pullman appearance. Randy Quaid's death took like five minutes in that movie. He was just like, "Tell my kids," and then he like went on for like like forty five seconds, and like it just kept cutting back from his face to the plane to his face to the plane. I'm it's like, dramatic. Is he gonna die? They or, build, what the fuck? They build him up. Oh, sorry, I'm cursing. No, 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 we we threw that out long ago. No, I know, but still, I want to try and keep it clean for the kids. Yeah, you're keeping keeping it clean, keeping it clean. Um, but also, back to my point, Sandra Bullock, The Heat, that was a funny movie. Yeah. Um, uh, the proposal with Ryan Reynolds was actually pretty funny. Okay. Um, I'm just telling you, she's she's a good comedic actress. Wow, I can't believe you've seen all these movies. I have. 
I saw Miss Congeniality. Okay. I saw that one. That's no. I've seen more movies than you. It's apparent on the reg. <laughs> All right. So now that we've got our Sandra Bullock. Um, hey, actresses. I don't think I said anything about Sandra Bullock. Except she was in that movie that I like, but... That's <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of what I just said. I like Demolition Man, too, and she's in that as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. That's true. Uh, so, anyway, my third is a summertime classic. Every year, you have to bust it out at summertime and just imagine yourself on a beach on Long Island. I'm talking, of course, about Weekend at Bernie's. I love this movie so much. I know I've said that about the other two, but that's the whole point. It's a guilty pleasure. Uh, I can quote this movie regularly. I love Andrew McCarthy. I want to like model my life, and I basically have on him from that movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just... I never would have been able to tell you that. If there was like, if they were like. You must pick one person that Nicholas Mantuano has modeled his life after, or we will kill him. Tell me who it is. I never in a million years would have guessed that. Andrew McCarthy in Weekend at Bernie's, that is correct, is Larry. Hello, ladies! He's just great. Him and Mitchell, it's like a combination of both, but it's fun. But it's, they, they, you know, it's a guy who dies, and then they have to get him off the island, and Hilarity and I don't. What the hell is the plot of? It's like, I know what the it's plot like a full twenty four hours passes, right? With no, this dead body. I mean, I think it's more than twenty four hours because they got a killer on the loose. The guy who killed Bernie in the first place comes back to the island to kill them. They have to host a party. They do. Well, they don't really host a party. It's kind of like this. You know, it's a bunch of rich people who just like have like key parties and stuff in the eighties. I don't know. It's an awesome movie. It's so cool. It's so decadent. Uh, it's. Funny from what I remember, but no, I haven't seen it in hilarious. a long time. We'll watch it right now. It's, <laughs> okay. it's hilarious. It's it's just good. Jonathan Silverman, who I you know I could I could I don't really have, <laughs> I don't have much of an opinion. Of he's great. I don't know. He was in this movie called Little Little Sister. Have you heard of this movie too? No. So he is in a movie called Little Sister. Also came out in the late eighties, early nineties, and that was like a run they played on cable a lot too. Alyssa Milano's in it. Basically, he's trying to get with Alyssa Milano, so he joins a sorority in drag to, like, try to get to know her better. Uh, like bosom buddies. And she shows her bosoms. Oh, yeah? Dude, it's nice. Oh, wow. Alyssa Milano still got it. Never lost it. Like, no. You can't say still got it when you never lost it, right? That's true. So, yeah. Props to Alyssa Milano. Ooh, yes. Yes, please. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that, totally that, that, that yeah. kind of reminds me of another podcast we could do of... Best movies with boobs. You know, I. <laughs> but once, that's a little sexist. I, no, I did. I and I. Okay, as a joke, as a joke. When I was in Boston, my friends were telling me like different things, like lists, and we were trying to think of lists while we were walking down the street. We we're going to Mexican place. Anyway, long story short, uh, one of them I was like, "Oh, best topless scenes in mainstream movies," mm-hmm. and. You know, because that's not really... Little Sister's not a mainstream... I guess it is a mainstream movie. What, what would you find mainstream? I've never heard of it. Exactly. But, it, it, I mean, it has mainstream people, and it was produced by a company. <laughs> I don't know. Most movies are. I'm sure there's some kind of, like, definition of, like, oh, it was released in this many theaters. I guess that's true. And made this much money. Little Sister. Um, but that is... That is funny. Little Sister. Huh? That actually kind of reminds me of... Oh crap! What was the name of that movie? It was uh, I think the, the last movie that had blackface. A uh, Soul Man. Oh, C. Thomas Howell. Yeah, C. Thomas Howell. Oh. He did blackface yeah. to, to try and idea get that? with a, a a black girl, and I think. 
Darth Vader himself is the father, right? Really? I've never I seen seen Thomas so. Howell movies. Uh, yeah, I think James Earl Jones is the dad. That's crazy. That's like uh, you said, bosom buddies, but it is bosom buddies, but it's also just one of the guys. You know, you know that movie. Also? Oh, I love that it's movie. Another one. Just yeah, one just of the guys. Yeah, it's just one of the guys, and she shows her her tatas on that she one. She does. That's um, like top two tatas right there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. We're not this, actually doing this. I know it's, be, we're not actually doing this, but we just happen to come come across it. The, hey, it's it's the memories of adolescent men yeah. coming back. It's good times. Uh, but that that's is a, a funny. That's movie. That's a fun movie. Yeah. Oh shit! Is okay. Zabka in that? Zabka's in that one too. He's the dick in that movie, right? Who? William Zabka, the guy from Karate, the blonde-haired guy from Karate Kid. Remember, he's a dick um, in like all these '80s movies. I think just one I of the guys is. is one of those movies. I think so. William Zebka. I don't mean. I. I, th- I think he probably has such a bad rap, but he's probably super nice in real life. But yeah, sometimes like you just get cast in a particular kind of role, even if you're like, oh, I don't want to be that. Just like Johnny Depp. Who? Johnny Depp. Oh, Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, he's uh, he's in movies too. He sure is in movies, and he makes a lot of effing money making those movies. So uh, I think that about wraps it up for us. I don't think so. No? Okay. I don't think so. What do you want to talk about? I have one more point to make. Okay. I was walking down the street just today in Hollywood, and I was looking down on Hollywood Boulevard, because you live right here, essentially, and I saw Don Amici's star, and I just want to give a little shout-out to Don Amici. He was great in Batteries Not Included and Cocoon, and older movies that I can't name right now, but I have seen, because they're on AMC, and I'll be like, oh, that's Don Amici when he was young. Hmm. But... Shout out to Don Amici. Don Amici is very cool. Um, th- kind of unfortunately, the movie that I think of first when Folks? I think of Don, uh, no, Pals. Pals. It was him and um, oh crap, the, uh, George C. Scott. Oh, well, um, I've never heard of this movie. It's I think it was made for TV. Ooh, but it's a very funny movie. It's just these two guys in like a retirement Pals. home that like need to get across the country or something. Oh, that sounds like fun. Um, and I think it's. George C. Scott's mother comes along too, and I, I can't remember the name of the actress, but I just remember uh, she's sitting in the back, she says her back teeth are floating, and I didn't know what that <laughs> meant as a kid. Nice. And, and until like, I was like a teenager, and somebody told me, like, that means you gotta pee, and I was like, oh. <laughs> but I remember liking the movie, you know, as a kid. I hope it's still good. <laughs> Well, we'll have to look that. We have a, a list of movies we have to watch now. We do. But yeah, uh, props to, to Don Amici. You had a wonderful career, sir, and you seemed like a hell of a nice guy. Trading Places? He's hilarious. Mm. Love that movie. Winthrop Mortimer! He was a good, like, comedic character. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's, He's hilarious. As people who like comedians, mm-hmm. props to Mr. Amici and his family, wherever they are. Right. Peace, God bless. Anything, uh, anything else you wanted to mention? Before we skedaddle? Yes, tons and tons more to say, as a matter of fact. I want to start with the Constitution. First of all... No, I have nothing. This was a, this was a good one. Our next episode is going to be crazy. Off the hook. Right. We're going to have uh, circus animals in here, so it's going to get a little loud. If you can find it anymore. You know they're starting to do away with circus animals. That's what I heard. I think that's, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. For the animals. I'm sorry about the performers. I enjoyed going to the circus. I used to go at least once a year when they came yeah. to town. It wasn't Ringling Brothers, brothers though. Uh, it was local, but it was awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, tigers and such. I don't think that the animals, for the most part, are abused, but they, you know, their circumstances just aren't nice. I think I, they're just not nice, and I think the traveling constantly and the housing—I oh, yeah. think that that's really bad for them. I mean, would you like to be an elephant that's like moved from town to town every night? Like that seems right. unnatural. And Cirque du Soleil has stolen so much business from Have like they? the traditional circus. Circus, yeah. Because people go, oh, well, why don't we just pay more and go to like a classy one? That's true. Um, but yeah, I can see anyway. that. So uh, just like our circus train, we'll uh, go traveling and then we'll come back around into town. <laughs> and talk to you later. All right. <laughs>